This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's bring in our friend Mark Aflalo of Double Tap TV to talk about what's happening in the world of technology. Of course, you can find the TV show Double Tap TV Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. And you can find Mark Aflalo in beautiful Montreal, Quebec. Hello, Mark. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm well. So, Mark, today we're talking about internet speed. A bunch of Canadian telecom companies are trying to prove they can be the fastest. But the Mark, best. before we look to the future, give me a sense of the present. What are we topping out at, generally speaking, right now when it comes to the major Canadian telcos? Pretty much across the country, we're topping out at about 1.5 gigabit connections, with one exception being in some parts of Ontario, where Bell has launched three gigabit oh, yeah. service. See, Ontario, yeah. the center of the universe. I'm telling you, you put your headquarters somewhere and suddenly you're the guinea pig, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. waiting for those speeds here. But yeah, 1.5 <laughs> is pretty much where we're topping out in major metropolitan areas with the exception of the three gigabit in, in Ontario, in Toronto, City Central. Um, I mean, and it goes down pretty much as, as you go out. Imagine the, 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 you know, the ripple effect here. It heads down to like, I think 25 megabytes is the slowest that you can get out in cottage country. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. not not that great across the country um, if you, if you, you know, kind of average it out. But if you're in a major metropolitan area, you're getting pretty decent speeds. But the telcos are striving here for better internet speeds. What are they aiming for? What are the, what's the goal? What's the target they're looking at? The goal right now is eight gigabits, gigabits symmetrical. What does that mean? Eight gig up, eight gig down. Whew. That's, that's insanity. <laughs> I must tell you, when 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 one gigabit service was was launched in my area, I was clamoring for it because I really wanted to get the speeds both up and down. Because what happens is, is download speeds are great because you can stream content and then it's wonderful. But when your upload speeds are still limited and still capped at a certain number, yeah, it does affect your overall experience. Because imagine the time it takes from you know clicking this link to getting your content is slower when your upload speed is down. That's when the actual difference actually takes place. With 8 gigabit speeds, we're talking about instant access to your your multimedia, to your streaming. We're talking about a whole new experience when it comes to computing in the cloud. You'll be able to actually run full computer experiences in the cloud. To give you an indication, I mean, 10 gigabits is ultra, ultra, ultra fast, and very few office spaces even have it. And the ones that do are ones that are working off network-attached storage devices for large, large, large Mm -hmm. files, animation Mm -hmm. and video editing and stuff like that. So even then, you know, 10 gigabits is absolutely insane. So to have 8 gigabit access to the internet, it means that you're probably still going to feel bottlenecks, but only because of the site in which you're going to may have a lesser connection than you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of think about this in context. And I know I downloaded a video game a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was 64 gigs or something like that. And it took about, oh, I don't know, like 10 or 15 minutes for it to download completely, which, by the way, is a totally reasonable amount of time for Correct. something to take yeah, to yeah. download. <laughs> but when we're talking about 8 gigs per second, that means this video game would have been downloaded in less than 10 seconds. 
Yeah, pretty much. You would hit download, it would just suddenly go. Imagine computer updates, Xbox updates, game system updates that normally take, I don't know, a half hour, 20 minutes sometimes to update a console. And again, reasonable, know, you, reasonable amounts of time. Yeah, reasonable amounts of time. You turn them on, you get annoyed because you're like, oh, I wanted to play my, you know, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto or whatever game you wanted to play at the no, time. No, so no. Even in video game worlds, I can't drive well. Yeah, well, you, you should you should battle Stephen Scott. He takes the trucks and uh, he goes for it. <laughs> That's crazy. right, he but, does. But you'll be able to download updates for games and updates for all this stuff in 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 seconds, Dave. And this is, you know, some people may say, okay, that's great. That's, you know, we're not really going to affect me. But it really does. It affects access to information. That, you know, your your smart speakers will be able to respond that much quicker. Your podcasts will play better. Um, you'll be able to get higher quality content faster. So people who might listen to, you know, lower quality MP3s or low quality, you know, SD streams of video will be able to bump it up to 4K over just regular internet connections. So it really does change a lot of things in the landscape of the internet as we know it. What's the realistic timetable of these companies actually meeting this goal slash where are they right now, at least reportedly in this race? Well, reportedly in the race, they're targeting a September time frame of this year. And I'm talking oh, about wow. Bell and Rogers who have like, made announcements. Like, like yeah. three weeks from now. Yeah, like three weeks from now. They're going to be launching test pilot services again in, in pockets of Ontario um, where we'll see eight gigabit service kind of connected. But not only that, but we're going to see them upgrading modems so that people have faster Wi-Fi as well. Because Wi-Fi 6E, which is the latest protocol for Wi-Fi technology is capable of much faster speeds as well. You know, you go home and great, you have a one gigabit connection, but if your phone is slow or if your router is slow, wireless speeds, it's going to affect your overall experience. They're going to be doing upgrading that across the board. Really, the limitations are just the infrastructure and the networks. Wherever Bell or Rogers or Telus have fiber optic connections to your home, they are able to provide up to 10 gigabit service right now. They just need the proper hardware on both sides to be able to encode that and decode that. And that stuff is really just a matter of swapping out the hardware that exists. So there will be incremental costs. We're not going to here's the interesting thing. We're starting to see a little bit of a normalization in the internet costs when this stuff rolls out. For example, for the three gigabit service, you'd expect a fairly big jump because you're doubling it from 1.5. But 1.5 now you can get for just about over $100 a month, whereas three gigabit you can get for, you know, about 149 So it's not that big of a jump. Mm. So we're starting to see faster speeds not only be available, but also be available at a little bit lower cost, bringing the overall kind of cost to consumer by down and down. I just want to backtrack to the statement you made really at the beginning of this, which is, hey, in metropolitan areas, we're getting great internet. What is the word on maybe trying to get some better internet and better infrastructure to folks out there in more rural communities? And sometimes it's not even that far rural. Sometimes it's like Carlton Place, an hour west of Ottawa, where they're getting terrible internet service. There are the Dave, I've been in situations where on this side of the street I can get great internet quality, but across the street they're they're stuck with just inferior quality because no one ever built a conduit to go under a highway or over a highway to bring fiber up to that direction. And it really comes down to demand at a certain point in time. Now the major telecoms are working really, really hard to continue to grow out fiber optic infrastructure. But there are so many hundreds of millions of feet of cable that go through our country and conduits and, and a lot of it is antiquated and copper and to upgrade that to fiber optic there has to be enough demand in a certain area or someone important enough living on the other end ah, to, yes. warrant, to warrant building that infrastructure 
or sometimes, you know, it's on, on some of the private companies as well. For example, if an office space opens up somewhere and a company says we need fiber optic connection, then then a private company might go and say, OK, we're going to build the infrastructure. We'll share the cost with with Bell or Rogers or yeah. Kellis. Yeah. We're getting together and trying to build that infrastructure. But we're still we're still pretty, pretty behind when it comes to laying fiber optic cable into those rural areas. And. I think there was a, a belief that, you know, with wireless speeds becoming better and better, they wouldn't necessarily have to run physical hardwired cable to certain areas to get certain speeds. But the landscape is really shifting with eight gigabit speeds available to just regular casual consumers. People are going to demand higher speeds in other places. Yeah. People in cottage country who would just have 25 meg downloads are going to be saying, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. You're bringing 8 gigabit speeds to this neighborhood, but you can't just give me, I don't know, 100 meg where I live. Yeah. So wireless is not as fast as 8 gigabits, nor will it be a reliable backup for major infrastructure. So they've really got to start building things out or continue to build things out on a, on a, on a faster scale. And we're going to see that. I think we'll eventually see the entire country blanketed with extremely fast internet. But this is one of these things that I think are going to be an ever, ever, ever standing argument. Mark, switching gears here in a big way. You and I are of the same generational ilk. I was saying this to Corinne Van Dusen before. Woodstock 99, they just dropped a really interesting documentary on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. No, but now that I know about it, I'm going to go see it. You will be very upset. They don't talk about Metallica at all. They don't talk about the Metallica performance at all. They just point the stinky finger at Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock and Korn and then walk away. Point the finger yeah, at them. I'm okay with that. Don't point <laughs> not, the finger at not my, my Not my beautiful Metallica, <laughs> who've never done anything to upset fans ever. No, no, no. no not in Montreal either. No, no, no. Not, no, not never, at all. Never, not in the least. Uh, Mark, you have yourself a lovely day, my friend. Thank you, Dave. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.